It's the Magic Time Podcast, brought to you by Herb Foundation Media. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Magic Time Podcast, episode 8 of the program. I'm Scott Squires and very pleased to be joined by a special guest on the podcast this morning. It's the Deputy Commissioner of the National Basketball League of Canada, Audley Stevenson. Audley, good morning and thanks for coming on. So it sounds uh, like you might be uh, on the road somewhere. Uh, where does this call find you this morning? You know, you know uh, uh, the, the good folks in uh, Kitchener, uh, Waterloo are holding a school day game where it's expected a few thousand uh, busload of kids will be uh, packing on. Um, I was very nice to be in the building yesterday, by the way. I enjoyed going there. But uh, no, the packing on today, and I'm uh, really excited to be down here. Uh, Well, that sounds like it's going to be an amazing day in Kitchener-Waterloo for sure. So this is uh, your sixth year of involvement with the National Basketball League of Canada. Of course, uh, a big step for you this year being named the Deputy Commissioner. But perhaps for listeners and fans that may not be uh, familiar with who you are, maybe just uh, a little bit of a quick bio about uh, who Audley Stevenson is, or as you're known as on social media, the odd man. Dedication to why this league survive and, and, and do well. So, um, 
Gary Allen, and you know, six months after that, you know, I'm appointed as deputy commissioner, which is also uh, an incredible uh, blessing from my standpoint, and uh, one I'm extremely honored, a position I'm extremely honored to hold. Now, of course, uh, before we move on and talk a little bit more about some things uh, with the National Basketball League of Canada and your role, uh, there's there's many sides to Oddly Stevenson. I know that you've got uh, the Odd Man Media, and uh, you also uh, you, you kind of like to dabble a little bit in old school hip hop, right? Maybe a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, I was a radio host for uh, uh, my, uh, 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 old school. You know, going to the old school hip hop room, they like to call it old school. They call it classic hip hop. Uh, so I was, uh, I was a, a radio host of a classic hip hop program called Down with the Kings, and um, we we uh, we spent about two grand about two years, and uh, you know, just you know, reach out to everyone from you know Run DMC to Big Daddy Kane to Rockstar Shantae to you name it. You know, we we had some of the, the biggest hip hop acts going back to the the eighties, nineties, you know, the two thousands, and just sort of you know the, the, the whole purpose of the show was to show um, some love and appreciation for those that paved the way, if you will. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's good to know a little bit about, uh, you know, who you are behind the scenes. Sometimes fans may only see that uh, public side of you when you're making comments sure. or posting about the league. So always good to know a little bit, uh, to get to know the extra layers, if you will. So let's, let's yeah, talk. You know, you know, I was going to say, you know, adding to that, you know, it, it was... You know, for me, it was always just important, like I said, you know, I've always been a sort of content creation, and I spent a lot of time just focusing on things that mattered and were important to me, whether it's, you know, motivational type stuff that I've been involved with. Uh, you know, I've, I've authored a book up just on motivational quotes a couple of years ago, um, whether related to basketball, I do, like, still from time to time, sort of create basketball-related content um, to, to, you know, again, my hip-hop bar, David and Neil Canada, which is a huge part of what I do, so you're... No question about it. Now, we'll dig into the league a little bit more. Uh, as you mentioned, yeah. seventh year for the league, and, and most teams uh, are getting up around now the, the halfway mark of the regular season. Uh, as you look over the first half now, maybe just a, a state of the union on where you see where things are about halfway through this 2017-2018 uh, season. Against 
contest against the, the Moncton Magic, the uh, thrilling about three records that set in that game for total points scored between both teams and total field goal attempts by Moncton Magic, and, and then also the work that uh, Doug Jerry did by uh, breaking one of the long, one of the longer-standing records in the league in assists uh, with 21. So, uh, you know, again, that, the style of play, what we're seeing, it's phenomenal, the competitiveness, uh, and, and, you know, you can go right across uh, uh, each team and sort of pick out areas that, you know, this is, you know, where you're seeing uh, some strong improvement. And all this is really doing is not more than anything else. It's setting us up for a great second half, uh, which obviously now is getting close to playoffs. Uh, you know, people are going to, you know, tighten down and strengthen and get better uh, in hopes of making the full season. So, I, I, you know, I think we're, we're, uh, we're on track to just uh, have a phenomenal year from uh, sort of quality and entertainment style of play. Couldn't agree with you more. It's very exciting basketball, and, and a, a discussion I had with one of the visiting coaches in Moncton a few weeks back when we were talking about the quality of the league, he said, you know, he said there are over 400 Division One basketball schools in the United States. He said the NBA has two rounds, and there's 60 players drafted a year. He said there's an awful lot of really, really talented players that don't have anywhere to play. They all can't go to the G League. Which kind of leads me to my next question about the teams. You know, how a lot of times you'll see fluidity in the rosters, you know, players being moved around. How cognizant is the league of that and, and how much, maybe just explain to the fans how that works in terms of, you know, some of the roster changes and the tweaking that goes on. Because even though it's a pro league, it's a little bit different than the NBA where you see a set roster and guys are making huge contracts. Leagues like the NBL or even the G League, there's a little more player movement. Yeah, no, you, you, you know, I think that's a really good point. I, I also want to sort of uh, double back to your point in terms of the, you know, the, the quality of, of, of players. And you're absolutely right, there's a ton of division, uh, you know, D1 guys that are out there that are looking for jobs. Uh, but there's also a lot of Canadians as well that are looking to stay home and looking to be close to home and not necessarily interested in, uh, you know, if, 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 the, if the NBA isn't in your future, not necessarily interested in going overseas and wanting to play close home as well. So some of the opportunities are provided for, 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 for both of those players, uh, whether you're a Canadian or U.S. born international, um, you know, I think, you know, you know, we do a good job of that. Uh, but, you know, as far as the rosters go, yeah, absolutely, there's, there, there is fluidity, and it's recognized by the league. Uh, each team has uh, eight transactions over the course of the year uh, that they uh, that, that, that they can make uh, in terms of changes. Um, I think it's important to understand, you know, our, our league, we don't offer guaranteed contracts. Uh, so sometimes when a, a player um, uh, is moved or changed, you know, it, it, it's, it's not necessarily because, uh, you know, maybe the team wanted to go in a different direction. Uh, oftentimes we'll see players that get opportunities elsewhere, um, uh, you know, more, more maybe some more lucrative or, or bigger deals overseas than want to take advantage of that, and, and I think what we see with our teams right across the right across the league is that we're very supportive of our players and taking advantage of those types of opportunities uh, that avail themselves. So you know, you you, you certainly uh, can see more because of that. Uh, sometimes there's an injury that you have to move a player to replace one. Uh, that takes place, and then of course uh, the, the the ability to uh, just strengthen your roster. I mean, I think teams still reserve that right to do so if they feel fit. Um, you know, if they feel that they're missing a piece or a player or or a component that would give them over, get them over the hump. Um, you know, the transactions are available for that for that regard. 
Uh, I, I will point out that um, so that's what it was recognized by the, it absolutely was uh, because I mentioned we had eight transactions. It actually used to be ten. I think previously it might have been twelve. So we reduced it, recognizing that fans uh, get connected to their guys that they love. Right? These guys are the you know, these players are in the community. They're part of their team. They fall in love with them. So to 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 to, to minimize. Uh, the, the amount of movement that you see of players going back and forth, um, you know, we, we, the league did lower or reduce uh, the number of transactions. And, and in the last piece, we talk about fluidity from year to year basis because we don't offer most of your contracts. I think it's quite possible for a team to move from one team to the next if another opportunity avails itself. And I think a big thing in all of this is, is going back to the other point that, we, that was made is due to the, the, the volume of talent in our league, right? There's, there's so much options, opportunities from a team standpoint, looking at you know, who they want to fill our roster with in terms of the best possible players. So I think there's, there's a combination of, 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 of facts that fit into you know, sometimes what it looks like to be really, really fluid rosters. Well, and also, I believe, you know, you mentioned the Canadians, and that's a really good point. I know being down in the Atlantic region, a number of former Atlantic University sport players uh, getting to play now at the pro level. But I believe also this year the NBL uh, raised the requirement for Canadian content. Is that that's correct? Yes. That's right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll even take it a step further. In year one, uh, the, the, the minimum required of Canadian players per roster was two. All you needed was two Canadians and you could proceed. And teams did that and now we're up to five. Uh, so, you know, you clearly can see the direction uh, that we're going in. We are Canadian league and we certainly want to promote and profile uh, Canadian talent. And, and that's, you know, that, that's the area that we're definitely committed to. Well, I know certainly in Moncton a number of very good Canadian players, but uh, none right now more prominent than uh, Double T, Terry Thomas, uh, having a fantastic year for the Magic. Yeah, no, he's been a tremendous performer for the Magic, certainly. Now, of course, the style that Terry plays kind of gives me a segue into uh, the next line of questioning for you, and that's about officiating, because Terry always is kind of in, in the middle of everything, especially contact-wise in the paint. But I know that, uh, and and even in the NBA, I mean, I heard uh, some comments from the coach of the Raptors, Dwayne Casey, last night, talking about uh, officiating in the NBA and the need for consistency, and there's there's no question, no matter what league, no matter what level of sport, refereeing and officiating is probably always the toughest position. And I know no different in the NBL at times, and maybe just uh, talk about a situation uh, that got a lot of attention last week over in Newfoundland 
regarding the St. John's Edge uh, in one of the games that they were playing where uh, a very prominent player on the edge uh, had some public comments to make. And uh, in the fallout afterwards, although it was said that it wasn't a direct result of, but uh, an announcement was made that uh, going forward, starting very soon, that the league would be flying in a couple of officials uh, from outside the province to go officiate. And, and maybe while I've got you here, just uh, give you an opportunity to just talk about overall the officiating uh, in the NBL, which in my opinion is, is pretty good most nights, but maybe just talk about officiating overall and maybe a little more detail about kind of that whole situation that uh, took place over in Newfoundland. Uh, that they want to be here. Um, our 
officials are very much part of our, our family. I mean, this year, uh, the league slogan is all one. That does include our officials uh, because we all are, are in this together. Um, specifically, uh, you know, the, the regrettable situation took place uh, last week in, in, in St. John's, as you referenced. Um, certainly, uh, you know, Carl English did uh, speak out of frustration um, about uh, his perspective on officiating. Um, I, I actually uh, spoke to him that night and the next morning, and we had a long, extensive conversation about that. And, 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 and actually, um, what many don't know is uh, when we spoke that night, we didn't speak those comments per se, just in general. And, and he was the one that disclosed uh, to me that uh, he, 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 he said some uh, questionable things and inappropriate things that he felt, and um, he wanted to give you the heads up of that. So, you know, he was very forthright about that and understood uh, there was a better way of doing that. I think he actually published a, a video sort of, uh, you know, acknowledging, uh, you know, his role and, and what he had said and what he could have done differently. So there's no question that, you know, he himself understands as a professional, and you know, Carl English is definitely is a consummate professional. Where I think our league is fortunate to have a player of his caliber here. Uh, he himself recognized that, um, uh, you know, that you know the timing of what he said um, wasn't the most appropriate. Um, the interesting I think, I, I thought the interesting thing that came out of it the next day was the response that uh, that the league is sort of flying in officials uh, to, 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 to as a result of that. And, and, and I can tell you, Scott, that that's, that's nowhere near close uh, to being accurate. Um, we, we've, been, we've been talking uh, since the onset of this season about the need to have to fly in officials because of the small talent pool or officiating pool that's, uh, that, already, that it already exists in St. John's. So that was something that was on our radar. Uh, we spent a lot of time um, 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 so looking at where we can bring uh, officials from, uh, and that definitely uh, that that process is sort of long uh, before Carl uh, spoke up to the media. And I just thought it was funny where you know uh, I don't know ten o'clock after a game, uh, you know you know comments are made by Carl, and the next morning the league is taking his action. And unfortunately, that's not how it played out. It uh, the timing is and the coincidence, absolutely. But um, you know this is something that was on our radar, and uh, and I, I would I would shock that up to a. Well, certainly appreciate you um, taking the time to to answer that, and uh, never a dull never a dull moment for the deputy commissioner. So let's talk about, uh, you know, we've, we've referenced uh, the league overall, but maybe just a quick comment on uh, two of the newest additions uh, to the NBL this year. Of course, uh, the St. John's Edge having tremendous success both on the floor and at the gate over in St. John's at the Mile One Centre. And uh, while the franchise in Moncton is has been there a while, the ownership and the franchise itself 
all new and fresh this year, becoming the Moncton Magic. So maybe just quickly uh, your thoughts on the, the two newest additions to the NBL. Uh, 
damn bitch. They probably see that now, uh, but you know, really see a shift I feel, man. Obviously, winning cures all, and as the winning continues to happen, I think uh, that will cause you more reason for fans to be excited. Well, I certainly may be a little biased because of my involvement with the organization, but uh, my experience this year, my first year obviously involved with the team, but uh, top-notch, uh, just class all the way from the ownership down, the fan experience that the team is creating for the fans that come to the building, the team waiting around, signing autographs, getting pictures after, uh, the youth basketball players from uh, Moncton Minor Basketball that get to come and and look after ball duties or or other yep. things during the game. Uh, just a fantastic fan experience. And maybe just before we kind of get things wrapped up here, maybe just a comment on that because you see it right across the league. And I can certainly speak from an Atlantic Canadian standpoint, but whether it's the St. John's Edge, the Island Storm, the Moncton Magic, the St. John Riptide, or the Cape Breton Highlanders, all of the players very involved in the community, going out around various communities at events, uh, staying around for pictures and autographs afterwards. How important is that to the league? That's the backbone of who we are and what we want to be known for. Uh, you know, the, the, the fact that you know our players uh, are you know an arm's reach away, you can touch and feel, and interact, and engage, and that, that's so important. We're talking about building relationships, uh, building connections, and, and wanting to be part of our communities. So whether you know, you know, whether you're you know. Little Timmy's school or you know, Little Susie's uh, daycare center, whatever. I mean, the fact that you can be that close to fans and, and, and have and, and, and create uh, not only just relationships, but it was experiencing. Uh, that, that's key. You know, NBL Canada uh, community is a very, very big part of, of who we are and what we want to be about. We continue, and we, we, we will be continuously um, because of the impact that it has. And uh, I, I don't think growth uh, is impossible without that sort of grassroots approach. And I'm just so, so blessed and appreciative that our fact our teams are able to, to, to be as involved the way they are. And I think, again, I think that's huge, it's huge uh, right across the board. And as we wrap up, uh, you know, any any league, any team, and certainly anybody that, uh, you know, sits in a league office is going to be looking at the current situation and the present year, but also looking ahead and, and making plans for the future and beyond. Maybe just for fans that are listening to this live or will even be listening to the archived podcast afterwards, maybe just uh, a couple of... Um, little tidbits, if you will, about the future of the NBL, whether it's uh, expansion, other franchises, other things that you might be doing from a, a marketing perspective, but just maybe kind of the mission statement or the, you know, the go-forward plan for the NBL. Yeah, I mean, the, the one big thing, you know, when I, when I came into this year, there, there some, you know, some things that I really was committed to wanting to do um, this season as far as is strengthening um, what would be, strengthening what Continue to be about the business of basketball. I oftentimes refer to it. Uh, wanting to uh, sort of communicate better internally, externally. Wanting to to create more content uh, was a big part of what we wanted to do. And still, still are committed to wanting to do uh, and, and really you know, enhancing you know, that fan experience. And and so for us, uh, you know, that remains the same. I think we can talk about growth and we can talk about wanting to get better, but I think it has to be incrementally. And, and if we're not doing the little things uh, to make us better, then you know, I think that 
can kind of get you away of things like expansion and you know, adding more teams and being new markets. And you want to, we, we really can, we want to be good at what we do and get better at that and look to continuously improve on that. So that, that, that that's, that's been the sort of the mantra moving forward. So there's some things that fans will be able to meet or see and any one of those things are sure. New teams and new markets and we know that Southern will join the free next year. Um, in fact, I'll probably be heading there up there uh, sometime in, in March as they announced their brand new team name, uh, which they're very, very excited about. Uh, they spent all of this year on the sidelines watching and uh, taking notes and getting ready. And I can tell you, having spoken with the ownership group just recently uh, and last week, um, they're, they're thrilled and excited. So uh, it will, it will, it will, you'll, you'll, see, you'll see more announcements about that. But, but the, the, the big thing right now is to continue to be about the business of basketball and be better and get stronger at what we do. And I think once we can do those things, the, the, the other things that we're looking for, the expansion, the growth, and adding more teams and things of that nature, that, that makes that way that way easier or smoother. And final thing for you, Deputy Commissioner, uh... I'll give you a uh, final say and uh, any message that you'd like to give out to uh, the fans of the National Basketball League of Canada. First off, Scott, I, I got to say that I, I can't speak enough about the job uh, that you do, you and your broadcast partner, um, uh, certainly on the broadcast, but then as well, uh, the, the, the manner in which you, you, you wave the flag. And as much as I know you're a mountain guy and you're waving for the magic, at the end of the day, you're still very much supportive of the league. And uh, it, it, it's that kind of energy and enthusiasm uh, that, that, you know, and dedication uh, that, that our league uh, needs to have. And, you know, if that, if that's the same energy that, that I came into the league with. And it's so fantastic to see the way that you, that you live that out. So I wanted to commend you for that uh, personally. Um, but, it's, you know, again, to our fans, it's, it's very much, you know, we, 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 we definitely do want to get better. We're, we're committed to getting better. Uh, we've, got, we've got a board of governors that are, are, are constantly looking for ways to improve and, and looking long and hard uh, internally, externally. And internally, what we each individually do as teams, but then collectively how, you know, what we can do uh, to work together and, and stronger and be more effective. And uh, I, I say fans, you know, buckle in, the rides can get better and better. I, I confidently can see that as we move forward and uh, uh, just excited about the future. So thank you uh, again, Scott, for the opportunity to do this. And, uh, and to our fans, thank you for being fans. And please continue to do what, we do, what you do. And I uh, would absolutely encourage fans to follow all of the teams on social media, whether it be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, certainly the league itself, the NBL Canada social media sites, and uh, yours as well, uh, Oddly Stevenson, the odd man, you're out there as well. But would encourage fans to do that. And thank you very kindly for those words. Uh, you know, very excited to be a part of the league. And my broadcast partner, Dave Tingley, uh, certainly makes it easy, uh, as does the franchise. But the league as a whole, it's very excited. I'm thrilled to be a part of it. And can't thank you enough. Congratulations again on the one-year anniversary of your service ring to the league and uh, continued success in your role as Deputy Commissioner and whatever the future may hold for you within the NBL. And really appreciate your time today. Scott, thank you so much and be well. I'm off to see a group of screaming kids. <laughs> <laughs> as a dad of three, I can relate. Listen, uh, Audley, have a great day and uh, have fun tonight in Kitchener-Waterloo. You as well. Thank you very much. That's been the Deputy Commissioner of the National Basketball League of Canada, Audley Stevenson, and this has been Episode 8 of the Magic Time Podcast. I'm Scott Squires. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of your day with us, and if you're listening live, have a great day, and if you're listening to the archive, we appreciate you hopping on. 
Take care, and we'll see you again tomorrow when I will have Episode 9, and I'll talk to the head coach of the Moncton Magic, Joe Salerno. Until then, so long and have a great day. You've been listening to the Magic Time Podcast, proudly brought to you by Firm Foundation Media.